I don't know. Sometimes when uh, when Discord does an update, it just changes everything for no reason. <clears throat> I mean, it definitely sounds like the wrong mic. How does it sound now? A much better. A lot better. Okay. A lot better. Hello and welcome to the Super Bayern Podcast. Bayern Munich wasted no time finding their replacement for head coach Hansi Flick, and earlier today made the announcement that everyone was expecting. Julian Nagelsmann will officially take over as Bayern head coach in the summer on a five-year contract. Though most fans are excited, some question marks remain over the young coach's ability to lead Bayern's star-studded locker room. While many from the outside looking in struggle to see how this isn't simply Bayern intentionally weakening their domestic competition. Well, I'm Benjamin Scott, and I'm here to talk about all of that and more on the 100th episode of the Super Byron Podcast with my friends Garrett Kerber. My contract has not been terminated quite yet. <laughs> not quite yet. Tim Richards. Uh, I will be con- I will be terminating my contract at the end of this episode. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of that. I've got nothing else to and, do. And finally, Sebastian Zimmerman. Hi, so I have a habit of not signing my contracts in time and still managing to get paid so true story by the way i guess i'm going to be fine well you guys keep... Sebastian's getting paid for this what's going yeah, on you guys keep talking about contracts and i'm just wondering where i missed out but um yeah congratulations i guess to us that 100 episodes we were just talking before air about how this doesn't even seem like uh it could be anywhere close to 100 episodes doesn't seem like we've been doing this for uh about two and a half years which is as long as it has been um but yet we're here, episode 100, and it is kind of fitting as uh, the Super Bayern podcast enters into uh, a new era, if you will, that Bayern Munich are preparing to do so the same, because what has what many have been expecting to happen at some point uh, is now happening. Julian Nagelsmann is going to take over as Bayern head coach in the summer. A few of the details um, that have been leaked about the contract, we'll go ahead, I'll go ahead and share Bayern are going to apparently pay RB Leipzig about 15 million euros, seems to be what everyone has settled on, uh, with the possibility that more will come if certain titles are won, and so on and so forth, which let's hope they are, and it could rise up to around 20 million euros. He's signing in on a five-year contract, taking over on July 1st, and yeah, it's just really, um, really exciting times for us. Bayern are getting the number one man on their shortlist, and so I do want to start off with this question. We'll start with you, Sebastian. What makes him such a good fit for Bayern? I mean, it seemed pretty clear as soon as uh, it was announced that Hansi Flick was going to leave, or as soon as those rumors began, that Nagelsmann was going to be the the guy for Bayern. There was really no doubt that that's who they were after. And so um, what's the reason behind that? Why were Bayern so adamant that it needs to be uh, Julian Nagelsmann? And maybe what reason you know do fans have to be excited for him? I think there's definitely uh, some reason to be excited. And I think... Yeah, Nagelsmann is just the most obvious choice. Uh, he's very young, and we're looking for someone kind of uh, who can give us a new era, who we can have here for maybe five years, even ten years, something like that. I think that is what Bayern has been looking for for a long, t- long time. This is definitely something uh, positive for Nagelsmann. He has shown that he's a very, very good coach, a very good manager. Uh, he knows the Bundesliga. He knows uh, Bavaria as a as a country, basically. He knows the area. Uh, he seems to be really into FC Bayern München. 
which is, of course, great. I always like when we have players or, of course, coaches who come here who really, really, really want to be here and not just for the money, not just for the success, but because there's something more that they like about this club. And I think we have found that in Nagelsmann. This I really, really like. Um, but I guess I also, I don't want to be too excited here because I think this is more of a risk than many people would think right now. People just see how good Nagelsmann is. Uh, they see his great work at Hoffenheim. They see his great work at, at uh, Leipzig. And there's really no doubt that he was really, really great there. And I I really don't know if someone like Hansi Flick or Jupp Heynckes or people we really, really think are very, very good managers would have done a better jo job at those clubs than he has done. I'm not sure about that. But on the other hand... There are also some question marks here, I feel. He's very young. I talked about that last uh, last time, I think. He's younger than I am, which is scary, but it's also okay, uh, of course. Uh, he's just very, very young, uh, and he has not been tested in terms of dealing with the media, dealing with superstars, dealing with so much going on behind the scenes, dealing with all those characters that, that are at the club who have their own opinions. I just don't know if this is just naturally going to work perfectly. This is uh, what I also definitely want to say right away. Um, because I think we, we just need to manage our expectations here. We really uh, should not th should not expect him probably to be as great as Hansi Flick has been last year. I, I think this is too, too much to expect from him right now. And yeah, I think people, many people do expect very, very great things from him uh, right out of the gate. And yeah, I'm just not sure that this is this is the right mentality right now. So I also would argue for a bit of caution here. My my big thing, because I, I think that his experience at Hoffenheim and, and RB Leipzig is probably going to help him in dealing with the media, um, which I think is a, a big aspect of when you uh join Bayern uh, just the the level of scrutiny that's on you but i think that because of what Hoffenheim and RB Leipzig are for a lot of german fans especially but then also you know some uh, german soccer fans from around the globe i think that that kind of vitriol that can kind of come your way i think he he'll be prepared for that but i do think i i i agree with with Sebastian, I think there needs to be a certain uh, amount of caution. Just we've now seen two good coaches fall out with uh, their their superiors and in, in, at the in the board and 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 those levels. So we need to be cautious about how this might go. I think there's a lot of reasons for optimism. I'm I'm really excited um, for the the clear. The, the the clear level of of ability that this guy has already at 33 years old and um the level of respect that he has um globally in terms of his his uh knowledge tactically um but it will be interesting to see how he handles uh being younger than a few of you know than than some of the players on mm -hmm. Bayern and and around the same age as as some others. I know that there's always there's been the discussion about you know how does 
his system work with uh, Thomas Muller, um, who is around the same age as Nagelsmann as well. And so there, you know, there's that element to it. And um, so I think there's a lot of reasons for caution, a lot of reasons to not think that this is just a slam dunk. Uh, Bayern are going to win their next, you know, the next 15 Bundesliga titles. But I also think that clearly we have a lot of reason to be excited. This is the best young, youngest coach available. And, um, and so I'm excited. I, 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 I I know in the last episode I kind of thought I'd rather have some other uh, Ten Hag was one of the names that kind of came up, but truthfully, I, I'm I'm so happy that he's that he's the coach because because of that Bavarian connection. It's so cool to have a, a guy who grew up as a Bayern fan that mm-hmm. you know has worked his way up and and now um, you can have a Bavarian as the coach and. Uh, that's just really cool. So a lot of reasons for excitement. I think again, though, we just, we do need to stay cautious um, in terms of just expecting the world from him right away. Just like I think we should have done with, with Kovac and just like we think we should have done with, with flick is not, you know, let the expectations of what they could be get in the way of what they are right now. You give a little, little bit of patience. Um, I know that's hard at at a huge club like Byron, but, be a little bit patient but be excited but well, i think um so obviously there are some potential pitfalls with him being younger i mean he's younger than our team captain manuel neuer so uh i think there's obviously some pitfalls but at the same time i do think that will lead people into naturally showing him a little bit more grace than they would an older and more experienced manager uh, and also the attitude that he has coming into this i mean we've talked a ton in the past about how we want players to come to this club who see Bayern as the sort of pinnacle of their career. And that's exactly the case with Julian Nagelsmann. He sees this as like the pinnacle. This has always been his goal. And he's always been very straightforward uh, about telling people that and telling the media that. Um, and so I think that'll naturally lend him or lend make people a little bit more sympathetic toward him. Uh, so that could work out. But um, on the flip side, you know, his youth can be seen as a detriment, but I kind of see that as, as a big pro for Bayern Munich. Uh, just, the thought that we might have a manager who fill, fulfills a five-year contract and potentially even signs an extension. I'm just thinking about the longevity that we might have with this guy could be incredible. Uh, this you know, tactical genius who has proven in multiple systems that he knows what he's doing. Uh, it's definitely a good time to be excited in spite of you know all that stuff you talked about. But uh, Tim, I want to ask you, because um, I think you along with myself were the most, uh, I guess, biggest proponents of Nagelsmann last time we talked before it was official. Um, but I want to ask you, you know, what excites you most about him now that he has been appointed? And how would you, um, how do you think he'll handle, you know, the potential problems like managing the uh, egos, if you will, that exist among the older players in the Bayern squad? It is, it is very exciting. Um, I think everybody's kind of touched on it. It's a uh, flexibility. It's, he's already shown you know he is he is very young, as you said. He's younger than the Neuer, but he already has the experience. He's is it five full seasons, like at least like four full seasons, managing, not not even managing like good quality teams. Obviously, if he gets the job at Leipzig, that's you know Leipzig is kind of an experiment team. But the fact that the people at um, I was about to say at Red Bull, how how rude of me, at whatever that organization calls itself. The fact that they saw him as the guy 
to take it forward you know in a way it's kind of it's almost a shame that he's not been able to like stay there longer because I think he is like the archetypal manager for what for what they're trying to do um and it isn't a it's not a a club that they think okay well we'll just get this guy in for the time being like this organization who wants to be at the very top of German football trusted him Bayern Munich clearly see the exact same thing in addition to him being a lifelong Bayern fan um if you ignore the time that he spent as a youth player at 1860 of course um there's there's a great deal of excitement that comes with him from the fact that you you're never going to be sure of like what team he's going to put out for for maybe for better or worse i personally love it was one of the things i loved about pep guardiola was that you would see the you would see the names listed down like one to eleven or one to whatever it was and you had no idea what was going to happen and i think with that the opponent didn't know either and that's probably my probably my biggest criticism towards Hansi Flick recently is that teams are starting to figure out what Bayern do. They will they are very vulnerable on on their left flank. Um, they will be uh, they're easy to exploit within the first fifteen minutes. I think having somebody like like Nagelsmann who is willing to adapt and willing to experiment. I think that's I think that's so interesting. Um, in terms of like how he could potentially, you know, have to deal with um, these potential pitfalls, as as you said, I I want to believe that it wouldn't be a problem. Um, as I, I think, as you mentioned, that somebody like Neuer, who is older, I think he's the oldest. He's I think he's the only one that is older. Um, I don't think that that's actually too much of an issue. I think. Everything that I've seen on on Reddit and on Twitter, people saying, "Oh, Neuer's really stubborn when it came to to Alexander Nubel not getting minutes." He was saying, "I'm not going to give him. I'm not going to give him any playing time." Why? Why would he? He's the number one keeper, and this guy's joined at a time where he should be playing regular football. He's not going to be benching Manuel Neuer. That's an entirely separate issue, though. Um, I, I think back to how how Neuer was with. Uh, with Nico Kovac, obviously, because that's a period of time that I appear to be stuck in. Um, I don't think Neuer was ever the sort of person to say, like, yeah, this is the problem here, like this this very specific issue, this is what we need to fix. I think he was always very supportive of the manager, even... Um, so I saw beforehand that he was saying that he left on, on very good terms and everybody's like... Uh, he said that we're all very disappointed that it had to go the way that it did, but we 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 liked working with him. He seems to be a very diplomatic person, and I don't think that Neuer is the sort of person to pull rank, even if he is older, just to say, okay, I'm not going to listen to you because I'm older than you. We're going to do things my way. I do think Neuer is very much open to that. Um, there was also a quote from Sandro Wagner, of all people, who was managed by Julian Nagelsmann, I think in his first season uh, managing the, the senior team, where he said that Nagelsmann isn't going to have the problems um, that, other, that other managers have had because these pro- so many of these problem players have now gone. Now, I don't really know what Wagner's reputation is as a pundit. I think he's somebody that appears to say exactly what's on his mind and whether that's a good thing or not, that remains to be seen. But you can kind of see that there is a track record of some people in this club, whether they're still there or not. There have been people that have 
you know, caused problems. Like there are problems under Ancelotti, there are problems under Kovac. I don't, I'm not aware that there are problems under Flick, but there has been a track history there. The fact that Wagner says that there isn't going to be a problem because he's aware that these problem players aren't there anymore, I think that's going to be good. Um, I'm I'm full of confidence. I'm very excited, and I, you know I'm not expecting back to back trebles. Um, if it happens, great. <laughs> but I think it, it's it is something that you know you have to go into with like a. I guess you have to have an element of caution. But as as far as things as far as the appointment goes, I think this is probably like one of the uh, one of the best appointments that Bayern could have made. Yeah, I would I would agree as well, and I'm not surprised to hear Tim uh, mentioning Sandro Wagner again. I feel like he's a bit like Rafinha. Anytime we can get him brought up, Tim definitely will. But uh, Sebastian, while we're on the topic of potential issues, let's say Nagelsmann relates perfectly fine with his players. There's no issues there. That's okay. Uh, but let's look at the Hansi Flick situation. I mean, no matter what people may say, there is obviously some sort of falling out between Hansi Flick and uh, Hasan Salihamidzic. And Julian Nagelsmann sort of has this reputation of being a bit of a demanding coach. He, like any good coach, wants to have, you know, take a kind of hands-on approach to his squad. Um, do you anticipate that there could be any issues between Nagelsmann and the board, Nagelsmann and Bratzo? Or um, do you think that, kind of like Tim said, he'll take a more diplomatic approach uh, and just work with what he's got or what's being given to him? Well, I think right now the good thing is that everybody is very positive about him coming in, and I believe they actually are. So I think he's starting in a good situation here. Um, but yeah, there's just no guarantee that this is uh, going to last necessarily. I don't think he will just agree to never uh, have any say uh, regarding transfers. I just cannot imagine that. Um, I don't know why he even would accept that. So we can probably only hope that there has been some talking uh, among the board, uh, making clear what's okay for the coach to do, how much say he's going to have. And I hope there also has been clear communication between the board and Julian Nagelsmann to make sure that this is not going to become a major issue. Um, But yeah, it's hard to say uh, if this is, if this is more like a communication issue that has happened and might now be over uh, with more clear communication, or if this is just, well, Salihamidzic being difficult to work with. So for, I think from the outside, this is incredibly hard to say uh, if this is something that is uh, likely to uh, occur again, or if this is just a one-time thing that hadn't been taken care of in time. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see about that, I I guess. And I also want to mention the other thing is still, I think, the media uh, and the pressure that's going to be there at this this club. Um, I don't know if you know that. I don't know if this made the international media or not, this Lena Gerke thing. Did Did that make the international media? I don't think so. Okay. This was interesting because German media was eating that up, basically. Uh, he was asked, I think, I don't know, this was a couple of weeks ago. Um, he was asked by uh, some reporter uh, if, what, what, let me let me look it up real quick. I opened it, but uh, uh, he was asked uh, how, he w- how he might uh, react if he uh, would get an offer from Bayern Munich or if Bayern Munich would contact him. And then uh, 
he said, let me try to translate that uh, while I'm uh, reading it. Um, I don't think it's the right way uh, if you make yourself more important as a coach uh, than you actually are. Uh, and then he said, I, I cannot sit down here at the press conference and say, uh, I'm breaking up with Lena Gerke because I was never in a relationship with her. So therefore, it's hard uh, to put myself into this conversation. It's a, it's a utopia and it's something uh, for the future. And yeah, this is kind of a weird thing to say. This is, this is Sami Khedira's ex-girlfriend, by the way. Oh, nice. Uh, it is just an incredibly weird thing to say. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny and people took it the right way, I suppose. But yeah, he, he's, he's someone who's going to say some things that he maybe not thought through completely on, at a press conference. Right. And we don't have great experience with that. Like thinking about uh, uh, Hernes and Romanigge. What When was that? I don't know. We were already doing right. uh, a podcast when that happened. Maybe we want to forget that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, can't just, I can't just see him saying something he didn't really mean to say at a press conference. And then we're going to have issues and there's going to be problems with the board and so on. This is, this is the, other, the other problem that, that I can see. I can imagine that he needs to learn some things when all the cameras are on him and all the microphones are in his face at this club. Well, surely coming to a club like Bayern, there will be some sort of, maybe not media training, but there has to be some sort of personnel in place to help him you know, handle the media, help him to uh, not get into situations like that where he sticks his foot in, the, in his mouth and all of a sudden it gets blown up to this uh, you know, huge proportion and uh, now the Byron board has to hold this special press conference to come out and tell the media that they're they're being bad kids or something like that. Um, so yeah, I guess definitely is another potential downfall, but hopefully one that Byron s- kind of you know foresee and and have plans set in preparation uh, for that. Now, obviously, this is a good appointment for Byron. I think we're all in agreement on that. But Garrett, there's been a lot of people um, sort of from the outside looking in that are saying, you know, this is really terrible for the Bundesliga and saying that this is just another instance of Bayern buying the league, Bayern doing their best to intentionally weaken uh, their opposition. And so this is a bit of a tough question, but how do you respond to those, you know, those claims that Bayern are intentionally weakening their competition by going for RB Leipzig, second in the Bundesliga's uh, current coach? Well, I, I mean, I think that we all kind of have the same reaction where you first you just kind of roll your eyes because I think a lot of times people bring that charge up and don't really have any real sense of the truth or lack thereof behind that claim. Because Bayern, have, I went back and looked at it today because I was, you know, kind of ranting to myself. And uh, and I and, and Bayern that I could count since 2011 2012 have bought 13 players from under uh, from other Bundesliga clubs, and um, if you expand that out to uh, second Bundesliga clubs, and maybe you can add or third, but but the fact is is that um, of those 13 in almost 10 years or 10 full seasons, maybe uh, you still have one, two, three, four, five, six that came from uh, top five clubs. And really, so to me, the only ones that you can charge Byron with 
actually trying to potentially weaken another a direct competitor would be uh the Mario Goetze uh signing or Mats Hummels um but even those to me you there's there's a lot of circumstances to that that you can I mean who's going to blame Bayern for you know signing a player that they feel like is really good and is going to help their team and and if the team's willing to sell it to them then so be it um but I mean, like people will point to Lewandowski, but that was a free transfer. They point to Goretzka, that was a free transfer. All sorts of things. Now I I get it. We we've talked about it before too, where it it does feel a little bit. Um, I think Sebastian used the word lazy, and I think that that's a good word for for what it makes it feel like when it's like, oh well, you know, second place team, we're taking their coach, we're taking um, one of their better defenders. But the fact is, is like, what do you want Bayern to do? Like, you want them to not buy players that they can get? You want them to not take coaches that they can get that want to be here? Um, it, would you rather them go to England? Would you rather them go to Spain? Um, it, it's just, to me, it's just, a, to use the word again, it's a lazy argument when really what needs to be asked is why aren't other Bundesliga clubs able to succeed in knocking Bayern off? I mean, you look at Dortmund and, you know, the number of players that they've bought from other Bundesliga clubs and, you know, also direct competitors. I mean, you look at um, Torgan Hazard, uh, Julian Brandt, uh, even Mark uh, Marco Royce was signed up from uh, Gladbach, I believe. And so there's just so many different players that they've they've grabbed from other Bundesliga teams, but because they haven't won anything for years and years, nobody cares. So it's it's not it, it's really Bayern just being a victim of their own success. And I and I it it just annoys me too because it, it seems like a lot of a lot of the that criticism comes from Liverpool fans, Barca fans, Real fans. Um, you know, mm-hmm. everyone, Man City, PSG, and it's like, well, what do you, <laughs> what do you, what would you want your team to do if you if you could buy players that want to come to your team from the second place team? Why would you turn that down? Mm-hmm. Um, so th- it's just it's it's more annoying than anything. We hear it every year. Nobody actually goes and looks at the data. No one actually goes and looks at the transfers from the last several years. And, um, and, and if you look at the transfers and you still think that Bayern are just buying their way to the top and making sure that the Bundesliga is weak, then I, I don't know that I can help you, um, other than just say, okay, have fun with, you know, <laughs> not, not improving your squad because you're just, you just think that Bayern should apparently make themselves worse so that other teams can, can join the fun. Well, it's sort of it's sort of like they look at Bayern and they say, "Oh, you're starting Jerome Boateng at center back still against PSG. Why don't you do something to improve that?" And so it's like, "Okay, Bayern going buy Deolupa Meccano from RB Leipzig," and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's not that's not what we meant. Go buy someone else. That's you know, it's like they want us to buy someone that's or sign someone that's not a good player, or I don't know, only exclusively look outside of Germany. But those players, like you said, Garrett, they're gonna go somewhere." And Bayern have to sign good players if we want to continue uh, with our success. But just like thinking specifically about Nagelsmann, it's not like Bayern 
realized, oh no, Hansi Flick's leaving. Uh, oh, RB Leipzig's got a pretty good coach. They're second in the Bundesliga. Why don't we just hire him? Bayern and Nagelsmann going to Bayern has has been like the worst kept secret for years. Everyone knew it was going to happen at some point. The timing worked out. Um, Nagelsmann's not going to say no. So it's not like it just, you know, he's just a good coach. So he got RB, RB Leipzig up in a second, but that's not the reason Bayern are going after him, I guess, if that makes sense. They're not doing it intentionally to weaken the league. They're going for what they be, believe to be the best, uh, best young German manager who can do the best job at Bayern Munich. And it just happens to work out that RB Leipzig have been the most competitive team this season as a result of how good Nagelsmann is. And so it kind of gets uh, a little bit circular there. But uh, Tim, Sebastian, I don't know if y'all have anything um, to add to this conversation about you know Bayern weakening the Bundesliga being these these big bad guys. Maybe, Sebastian, you have something about the perspective from inside Germany about all this. Yeah. In, in Germany, they, the talk is kind of the same. It's usually... An argument that comes from people who, well, just don't really know much about football. They can't remember what happened two years ago. So this year we are buying someone and therefore it's obviously, it has always been like that, of course. So it, 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 I just, yeah, maybe, maybe let's just stop discussing it because it is so annoying. It's just <laughs> such a lazy argument, as you said. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense and it's incredibly lazy. But of course, I also want to say that sometimes I really feel like um, sometimes I get the decision, sometimes I don't. In this case, I think it's perfectly fine because this is not just some player from some Bundesliga club that's kind of competing with Bayern. This is, as you said, this is the, the most exciting young German coach that's around, basically. He's also a fan of the club, basically. So this, yeah, this is not just, okay, who's the best coach in germany right now let's get him this is this is just more than that so here it makes perfect sense more so than than it has in some other cases so i really think here in this specific case it makes even less sense than, than it sometimes uh, makes otherwise but of course i also want to say that i really hope we're not just we're we're not going to go down that road too much i really hope we are not only going to get players from the bundesliga in the future because i as you know, I think as our listeners also know, I'm not a huge fan of that, of just getting too many players just from the Bundesliga because, yeah, as you said, or as Garrett uh, uh, said, it is just, uh, yeah, sometimes a bit lazy and it is, yeah, you're just, you're just limiting your options sometimes and that's also not a good thing. But I don't think any of this, any of that criticism applies here. And real quick, like if, if Bayern were in the business of just weakening their competition, why wouldn't they have paid for Kai Havertz? Why wouldn't they have paid for Timo Werner? Why wouldn't they, you know, just spend money on, you know, locate whoever is the best player in their direct competition and then buy them and then just sit them on the bench? I mean, like, they're using these players. So it's it's not it it might have that that, you know, byproduct of of weakening their their competition. But again, like, what do you want us to do? Not win? Like we're we're trying to win games, we're trying to win tournaments, and you know if the Bundesliga is such a farmers league, you know then we should be winning it by, you know, fifty points every year and and still dominating Europe. So you know I'm fine with it, whatever. But uh, yeah, this it's just it's an annoying argument. 
Yeah, I think that I think what you brought up makes a lot of sense. Last year, there were three young German players that Bayern were interested in. They bought the one that wasn't from Germany, and in Leroy Sané, the two that were from Germany, they left the German clubs. They went to Chelsea. No one complains about Chelsea uh, because they don't end up having to face them every week. Whereas if Bayern buys one of those two, it's this argument uh, all over again. But but like um, Sebastian said, most most of you listening, you're probably Bayern fans, so you're used to it uh, by now anyway. Uh, Tim, let's talk a little bit about the um, the transfer fee, if you will, that Byron ended up having to pay for Julian Nagelsmann. Now that we've paid uh, fifteen or around fifteen million euros for a coach, we've already purchased Dale Upamecano for the upcoming season. We're looking like we've already spent upwards of sixty million euros for the summer. Do you think that we're done with any uh, non-free transfers for the upcoming uh, summer transfer window? I would like to think we're not done because there wasn't there wasn't a fantastic investment this season just gone and i realized that that comes with a certain caveat of how could there have been like there's a global pandemic stop being so greedy but at the same time the people that have been invested in specifically guys like bunasar mark rocker potentially chupamoting although i feel like people are starting to warm to him Think you can, or Douglas Costa is another one as well. Um, I, I completely yeah, forgot that he's easy, easy to forget. Yeah, a shame. I love I loved him so much when he first got to Bayern several years ago. Um, I I have a shirt with his name and number on it, and now I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. Um, it's yeah, it's. I would like to see more investment where necessary. I think. It's something that Sebastian said in in our chat of if Bayern are willing to pay, you know, I think the rumored number was like 30 million euros. I think it's, I think it's less than that. I think it's between like 15 to 25, like somewhere in that window. If they're willing to pay that much for a manager, why did they settle on like a not very good right back? Or why wasn't like, why weren't we able to get a better forward option? Um, I think, if anything, this season has really shown that Bayern did invest uh, in the window just gone, but they didn't do as good a job with it as they could do. And this is potentially the time where that should be rectified. Um, like, you just need to look as far as the PSG game to see our depth is pretty terrible. Like, at a push, okay, the whole injury thing, you can't really account for that. Like, you can't really prepare you can't have world-class players on the bench every single week. You need to have some form of rotation, which is another reason why I'm looking forward to Nagelsmann. But I do think you can be better prepared. Um, as 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 far as the, the number goes for Nagelsmann, I think that's, it is a big number. I realised that I actually worked this out. The three most expensive managers in football now are Julian Nagelsmann, never played senior football, didn't make it because he got injured. Uh, Andre Villas-Boas uh, from Porto to Chelsea, never played senior football. Brendan Rodgers from uh, Celtic to Leicester, I think, never managed to make it at, senior, at a senior level. He got injured. And that's that's incredible to me that these guys are, at, at one point, were you know, leading leading leagues and winning trophies. Um and so it's it's fascinating to me that they're um that they haven't actually played the game. Um but 
regardless. Um, I do think that it is going to be... Is, I'm interested to see what Bayern do because it's painfully apparent that we need uh, we need better depth, uh, specifically in defence as a right-back. Like We desperately need a right-back option. Um, I would like to see another winger. Uh, I, I can't see Bayern buying Douglas Costa anytime soon. And while I absolutely love Jamal Musiala, I would like to see him play more centrally. Although, to be fair, he is doing a very good job when he has played out wide. But saying that, he does need to be... Um, I think his future is through the middle. Um, there, there are just a couple of holes where you think if you can change this and maybe get another guy here, then you know that's, that's a fantastic team that's going to do things. Um, yeah, it's... I really don't know. I'm not... I'm thankfully not involved in the accountancy mm-hmm. side of things for Bayern. Otherwise, oh, this club would not exist. <laughs> um, like, I am not good with numbers. But I, I I, do think that Bayern shouldn't just look for free options. Obviously, if there is one, I, I know that um, uh, I think Lucas Vasquez is coming into his last, into the last year of his, of his contract. I think he could be, a, I think he could be an option both in attack and defence. I love versatility. I think he has it. He also has that mentality of I will not stop running mm. and I will fight anybody that gets in my way. Um, it's kind of it's sort of like a Rafinha light in a way, potentially better than Rafinha. Uh, no, I don't want to commit to that sentence. Um, but yeah, I think guys like that, um, I, I can't think of any others that, that come to mind. I know Sergio Ramos is going to be a free option, as is that guy Messi. Don't know what he's been like recently. Um, I think there there certainly are options, but I don't think that they should be doing it for the sake of it being free. I think if there is an option that does cost something, you know, obviously there is a limit. I'm not expecting you know 50 million euros, like 40 million euros. But if there's if there's a good player that is available for the right price, much like their approach with the manager of having a great manager at a affordable price because Bayern can afford it it's expensive but they can afford it I don't think that they should shy away from it but that's just me that's my very poor accountancy in play I think Lucas Vasquez is a good name to bring up as the type of transfer we can definitely expect Um, and we've talked about him a little bit before someone who's a bit versatile and you also talked about this a little bit Uh, Julian Nagelsmann coming in kind of helps us in that front as well having the um, well, first, the tactical flexibility that he has to play different systems and um, make them work. But also, like you said, he's a bit like Pep Guardiola in that he doesn't put out one lineup and stick to it week after week. Um, he's going to be rotating a lot more heavily, and that'll definitely help out because as great as Hansi Flick has been, that is the one area where he seems to have, um, I guess, stumbled a little bit in his, in his time at, at Bayern Munich. Uh, but one more question as we sort of kind of bring this episode to an end. Garrett, Bayern were dreadful this past weekend against Mites. I think we were all in agreement that it's the worst Bayern have looked in a long time, maybe even um, since you know Niko Kovac, or maybe we didn't even look that bad, I guess, underneath Niko Kovac against, as we did against Mites this past weekend. Um, it was just awful. But now that all the managerial uh, details have been confirmed, we know what's going to take place in the summer. Do you think Bayern should be back on track uh, to end the season, you think this was just a blip that you know happened because of all the behind-the-scenes stuff going on at the club, and that um, we come out uh, next weekend ready to wrap up the Bundesliga title? 
I, that Mainz match just looked to me like they expected to just walk out and win. Uh, it looked to me like they they took Mainz for granted. Um, and and to be fair, really probably should have been able to do that. Um, and I, I'm sure that there was an aspect of it where, you know, knowing everything that was going on with uh, the manager and all that. And also I know like there was a bunch of news that, about David Alaba that had come out during the match or right before it. And so I'm sure all that noise kind of works its way, its way in and you're not fully prepared to play. But like you said, Ben, it was, that was one of the worst performances, at least that, especially that first half. Um, one of the worst performances that we've seen from Byron in a really long time. And it just looked like everybody was just running in, in mud and didn't, didn't really want to be there. And, um, and so I, I, you, you, I hope that, um, I hope that this, this next match, there'll be a lot more ready to go um, having had kind of a wake up call uh, that even Mainz can, can beat them if they're not um, fully committed. Um, but I, I just, I, I will not accept that the noise is the reason that they played so poorly. Cause that's, that's just a massive excuse and um, I, nobody's buying that. I think, they were just so bad. Uh, Alaba was terrible. Boateng was terrible. Um, you know, I, I think I saw one um, score service uh, that had uh, Alfonso Davies as the man of the match, which was interesting to me because I kind of forgot he played. And uh, just there was nobody that stood out as doing a particularly good job. And so I, th- I think... Bayern just needs to refocus and be ready to play. And I don't think that, I don't think that, I don't think that this news of, okay, now we got a good man, a new manager that's all settled. I don't know that that should really make any difference because they, they, they should have been able to, I mean, you even saw, they, I mean, they ended up only losing by a goal uh, because Lewandowski got his goal in his return, but mm-hmm. like, like, that's not a team that you should lose to uh, if you're Bayern, and especially if you're buying from teams to weaken your competition. <laughs> you should never lose to Mainz. But um, maybe we need to find Mainz's best player and buy him. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the uh, I can't even remember his name, but he's scored both matches against us this year, and those are his only two goals of the year. Um, but yeah, I they just they were just they were just so bad, and I can't even like get beyond just like it was just so bad so so they they there's no excuse they should come out they should win that match i was really hoping that our hundredth our hundredth episode would be celebrating another bundesliga title instead we gotta find other things to get excited about and happy about because Hmm. i i'm i'm putting that match into the the dustbin and never thinking about it again after i finish this sentence well, fortunately, we didn't have to look very far for things to to get excited about, given uh, the way that the past few days have gone. But 
Um, I'm pretty certain Bayern will get this season wrapped up, although it would be, um, I guess, fairly fitting for Julian Nagelsmann to turn you know this season around real quick, win the title with Leipzig, and then come to Bayern. Uh, but don't necessarily hope that happens. But that is all the time that we have um, for this episode. And before we wrap up for good, I do want to take a second to say a special thanks to all of our listeners, whether um, you're new with us here or if you've been here for all 100 from the very beginning. We couldn't, we wouldn't want to do any of this with, without all of y'all. Uh, we greatly appreciate your support throughout all 100 episodes, and we're looking forward to many, many more. Uh, so with that being said, if you've enjoyed listening today, if you're a regular fan of the podcast and you haven't done this already, please do us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you want to get in touch with us, there are a few ways that you can do that. You can email us at superbyronpod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at superbyronpod and get in touch with us there. All of our episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we're going to be there. Thank you for listening. Go out and tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.